We are ready to rock and roll. It's the Real Kipper and Bourne Show once again. Coming to you live and in color. Sports at 590. The fan. I don't know what's next. Sportsnet Plus from 4 to mm-hmm. 6. Mm-hmm. See, I'm... We got new. We got new thirty here. Third wheel. <laughs> we I'm do. just skipping all the intros yeah. right now. Great, because as we alluded to the other day, JB, Sammy McKee has bolted us for Vegas, baby Vegas. Do you, right. do you, do you even think he's listening right now? <laughs> Definitely not. If he is, he has failed at the idea of getting away. All right, let's welcome in that third wheel. Danielle Franceschi, Disco Dan. (laughs) Gentlemen, thanks for having me. This is fun. This is cool. Fun experience. Really happy to have you here. This is awesome. Yeah, no, my pleasure. This is great. I got to admit, like, red light goes on, no nerves. No? No, zero, none. But earlier today, even yesterday, as I'm listening on the way home and you guys even said my name, I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. (laughs) But now... I'm good. Okay. I am ready to rock. That's great, Buddy, man. Let I me, love it. I let love me, it. Let me just tell you from personal experience, when you think you're dead and buried in the minors, just like that, <laughs> you're up <laughs> and you're in the big leagues. Playing with the Flyers. Right? You are our Pontus homebrew. Yes. That, no, I love that. <laughs> you yes, were Kip. in the minors. Hey, can somebody notice me, please? Can somebody know? Does anybody know I'm alive down here? Are we? Are we Matthews and Marner in this comparison? I, I I'm okay with that. If I'll you take, are, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Am, am I up hey. for renegotiation? <laughs> can I get twelve schmill? I'm not going to deny you guys yeah. that. That's for sure. No, <laughs> we'll take. I it. love Pontus. Yes, he's been great. Legend of the show, Pontus Holmberg. <laughs> well, welcome aboard, and you couldn't have timed it better because all we've had is doom and gloom. Sammy, his beloved Leafs. In a tailspin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've beaten it up all week. A very tough week for the hockey club. A very tough week for Sheldon Keefe. Matthews with the hat trick. Yeah. A much better result last night in Calgary. And you're here to just reap the rewards of all that positivity. I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little cynical like Samuel. Are you? I am. I'm yeah. very cynical. Oh, no. I am. But I just I, built no, you no, up. No, no, no. But I will choose to stay positive. I mean, God, we're talking about a guy here. Austin Matthews goes out, puts the team on his back, cape on, says, get on. We're going for a ride. He's on pace for 71 goals. Love it. Come on. Four hat tricks this season, 11 in his career. He's just... It's electric. There's your positivity. That's it. That's all we need. Yeah. Austin Matthews. Yeah. If, if, if outside of Austin's performance last night with uh the goals yeah the one thing that stood out to me was when the camera panned to sheldon keith and there was just this sense of maybe a thousand pounds off his shoulders when they actually won there was a handshake there was with chanouth or somewhere where he was really thrilled to be shaking that hand and 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 good on him right i mean come on uh, like outside of what we have to do as a as a show and try to be as objective as possible and say some things that don't actually bold well for a lot of Leaf fans. I was really happy for the guy. Yeah. I mean, it was a a big night. And to get the performance from a guy that you hope you can count on when you need a performance was nice. And then to get the, you know, the piece of luck you needed on the day you needed the luck with the overturn call with the hair of the fabric of the glove. Touching a puck that saves you a win. Outstanding. You know, everything 
went as it could have for him in the best possible way. So there you go. Does that did it fix all the problems? Uh, no, not oh. even close. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was But it. that's okay. Yeah. That's what we got uh, to do on uh, the rest of the hour on this yeah. uh, Leaf edif- edition of uh, the real Kipper and Bourne show. But uh, Disco, we're, we're glad you're aboard. Happy uh, to be here. Just don't be too good because that will force <laughs> JB and I to make a very tough decision on Monday. Oh, yes. no, come on. And for those, Sam, Sammy's the best. Sammy's for, the best. For those listening, it is Daniele, and I will be calling him Yele henceforth. So if you're looking, yeah. uh, if that Appreciate makes sense it. to you, yeah. that's what we're doing. And I'm sticking with Disco. Disco it is. Disco uh, and yeah. Yele. And that's another thing I like about him. He could have... He could be great in any era, including the disco era. <laughs> Versatile guy. Yeah, Versatile very guy. Kind. Yes. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keep for our first Clippers uh, of the uh, hour because we didn't go to him yesterday at all, did we? Oh, we got into some stuff. Man. Yeah, we did. We went deep, yeah. deep. But let's get his overview of closing out last night's win. I love, first of all, that to the third period, we just played hockey. Guys didn't panic. Guys weren't tight. They were loose. Uh, the way the way it's supposed to be as a night like this tonight is that we're supposed to supposed to be hard. Supposed to find a way through it. And I was as much as I would have loved to have uh, some more goals and some breathing room. We needed this uh, here tonight. Uh, I thought the guys handled it uh, very well. Uh, you know, it's like one of the best third periods we've played, maybe all season with a lead. Uh, so, yeah, really proud of the guys tonight. How nervous were you? Uh, when we left yesterday's show, I said, yeah, tongue-in-cheek, of course, but like the best thing that could happen is them going down early in the hockey game. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't go. Yeah, the worst thing that could happen playing. is a 2 nothing lead. Yeah. They chased it, albeit kind of an ugly first period, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, well, but it was a different vibe. But how nervous were you guys on holding the lead in the third? Well, you know, the, the goal to make it 4-3, being as strange as it was, it started to feel a little bit, you know, you, you didn't know that you were going to get the luck later in the game. So it kind of felt like, is this just the, the point where everything goes wrong for Keith and this team and, and it all comes unglued? But so, yeah, Kip, I, I don't think I was super comfortable with where they were at at that point in the game. But the second period, they played so well. And to see them after they gave up the goal to not fall all over themselves and start finding it again, I think a really positive sign for them. So, you know, I yeah, a little bit of nerves there for him, but starting to feel okay about things. It was very nerve-wracking. Yeah. I will say very nerve-wracking. Yeah. To me, there were two kind of critical inflection points in that entire hockey game. One is the Matthews goal in the first period, undoubtedly, because they, they had been hemmed in. You know, we see some of the same issues we've been seeing for weeks with that club. And then they get that moment of magic, right? Yeah. Flips, the, turns the tide, they go into the break. Okay, reset, it's a one-goal game, you're right there. The other one is the hand pass. Yeah. Like that... That right there, a team that has struggled to protect leads, right? That's been the narrative for the last week. And that nearly makes it 4-4, and we're sitting there saying, okay, well, how does this group respond now? So the fact that they didn't have to face that adversity of it being back to square one, back to 4-4, we're all even, I think it's a bonus. But, man, to your point, Kipper, just Keith looks so relieved. 
Yeah. Like, just immensely. Re- and the stoicism that he had on his face when they panned him on the challenge, too. Like, he was just, uh, you could sense it underneath. Like, their weight coming off his shoulders altogether just to get a win. Even listening to him, him after the game, like, he's just a little too happy for a, after winning a 4-3 game in January. You know what I mean? It's a job saver. It's a job saver. Were you, were you, you told me um, his name eludes me. Who's the video guy? Jordan from? Bean. Jordan Bean. And Sam Kim mm-hmm. as well. Did, did, uh, so I don't know did you not text our group chat last night saying, like, if this guy wanted a million dollars a year, he might be, he might be <laughs> worth it if they... You know what's funny? If it's uh, an extra home game Well, well think it. about it. I mean, you know, if they are, I think they're 18 for 19 on, on video challenges this year which I think the league average is probably around 60 70% getting them right. So if you're four or five goals better than average. Is that what it is? Yeah. Only 70? It's it's around there. You know, I don't have the exact number, but it's around there. And so if you're a few goals better, that's another win or two a year. Yeah. That can be the difference between yeah. home ice and not home ice, playoffs and not. I, I was incredibly impressed with the video call for only one reason. Because the majority of times when you when you see the coaches contemplating it, you know it's goaltender yes no. interference. Yeah. You know it, it could be offside. Yeah. But that one had everybody scratching their heads on what it could possibly be. And when you found it on the replay, as subtle as it was, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a pickup. <laughs> I on mean, video. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And, you know, Keith calling the timeout to buy time to continue to get different angles of it before making that decision. A crucial moment. And let's be honest, sucks. Like, that's a goal, right? Like, uh, no, it's not impactful on the play. It's, yeah. it's a tough break for Calgary. But, hey, we'll take it. All right, let's go to our second Kippers Clipper on Sheldon's real MVP last night. Oh, they're vital. I mean, you guys get to see it when we have these challenges and these key moments. Uh, they're so dialed in, um, but I see it every day uh, just because they, they, allow, they allow this whole thing to run. You know, there's, there's so much that goes on uh, with the coaching staff and, and how we communicate to the players and prepare the team and, and those, those guys... For me, like I said, you get to see it on display with the challenges, but those those guys are MVPs of our staff every day. Give them the belt. Give them the belt, honestly. So, That's where it should have gone instead of Matthew. Right? Say. <laughs> it would have been great. The, the one thing that goal, that call did last night, and I, I give, like, this is not me dumping on Martin Jones here because he had a hell of a game. He did. Okay. But what that challenge did was take away the fact that he gave up a bad goal. Yeah, you're right. We don't have to have that conversation, oh, but yeah, we are. But, but we are. But we are, <laughs> right? Yes. And if by chance they tie it up and somehow lose the game in overtime or shootout, which has been a little common lately, yeah. we might be starting this show on... What are we doing next? Mar- Martin Jones, like, you, you can't win if you give up a bad goal. He did give up a bad goal last night. It was just happened to be disallowed. Yeah. But usually bad goals come back and haunt you. But outside of that, he is a major reason why, besides Austin's hat trick, uh, they ended up with two points in regulation. What do you you think about 
the way the Leafs came out in the game. So I think that's a good point and a complete thought. I have nothing to add to that if you're good on Jones. Yeah. What do you think about their first period yeah. last night, given the stakes and where yeah, they're at in the I season? Mean, do you put anything to it? Like, I don't, that's a couple of games where in the first shift, they're giving up a really – I remember uh, Colorado um, – I believe Edmonton, too, if I'm not mistaken. No, at least score first shift in Edmonton. And oh, Matthews yeah, yeah, not Edmonton. Yeah. I, I can't remember about Detroit, but, like, Jones has to make a really big save. Oh, yeah, Brody. Like, in the first yeah. 13, 14 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't exactly come out like a house on fire. But and I, it, was, it was a bad first period. It was. And so that does bring us to, you know, Matthews just making a play, making a superstar play. Where he pulls it through his feet and, you know, shoots one past the goalie. A phenomenal individual effort. And watching it, uh, obviously, with Gregor still on the ice and uh, McMahon, it's it's off a line change. But Gregor butchered that play. (laughs) (laughs) Is he trying to get it deep? (laughs) Any other team, and that's a giveaway, and it's going back the other way. And was that after, or I think it was after earlier in the game that Gregor didn't get one out along the wall, and they cut to Keith on the bench, and he's and you see him say to Gregor, "Soft, too soft," you know. So like that could have been the end of Gregor's whatever yeah. ends up being an assist, a plus. <laughs> he plays plus. the whole game, you know, yeah. like really got the team going. Yeah, it's a game of inches. I mean, it's funny how it works sometimes. Yeah. Can I ask a question to you guys here? Right, let me pose this: the fact they came out the way they did, did it surprise you at all? I think I expected it was you're going to see one of two things and it was going to be really good or really bad. And mm-hmm. so I guess I, I wasn't surprised that it was one of two things. <laughs> the, the cynical fan in me says we shouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Because that's been the MO of this group with that core for years. The way I, they start games, yeah. right? Like they're known for being flat. And then post game, what do we hear? Yeah, we came out a little flat. It's okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So fix it. Right. I, I think the question is, you know, and I'll just say what I think people are thinking at that point is this is the coach that was on the hot seat and the team didn't seem to come out for mm-hmm. him. Was. <laughs> I was that they won. I don't know. <laughs> was. Uh, it still like, is. So I don't know how much. Alleviated. Seat, the uh, seat heater went from three to two. Yes, it in did. In the car, I think. It did. Yeah. It did. And, you know, before we get into the nuts and bolts of what possibly could happen on Saturday night. Uh, let this one breathe for a little while longer on our show. Yeah. So let's go to Keith on the amazing effort and the performance of Austin Matthews. Clip four. We're very fortunate to have him uh, uh, as part of our group. But while, while he scored big goals tonight, he also defended extremely hard, which especially once once we get the lead, now we need him to defend and we need him to compete uh, and lead the way uh, that way. I, I thought uh, I thought he was great in that regard. I thought Marner was great in that regard. Willie, JT, those guys really led the way for us uh, up front. Uh, I thought Yarncroft was unbelievable tonight in terms of how he played, how he managed the game, and you know we got good efforts from the rest of the group. Like Bert was really dialed in and competing today. Matthew Nyes seemed to be coming back for us and had a uh, great play. Shot the puck with authority to. To lead to Austin's, uh, I believe it might have been the third goal. So yeah, through the through the lineup, uh, I was really pleased with a lot of guys and, and uh, score goal six on five on the late penalty, score goal on the power play at a key time, penalty kill was excellent. 
Um, when we had to, to defend with a goalie out, we were excellent. So a lot of really positive things for us to take out of this game. I'll say this about the man. He's kept it pro- positive. Oh, he's trying week. to juice it up. Mm-hmm. Juice it up. Hey, you know, give everyone a little bit of something here. He's giving everybody a little something. You know, and way to go, Nice. You shot it hard. Is that because the, the confidence is so fragile? Yeah, I think so. That, I mean, that you need to overcompensate those comments? I think so. I, you know, I think you got a, a, a team that has talent that you're trying to get the best out of them. And if yeah. they're beaten down, it's probably not the way to do it. So I will agree with him on Tavares's effort. Like you can see the guy is trying, but you can also see there's a level of frustration in his game and to me. a lack of confidence right now, which I don't know if, if you want to go back to his early days in the GTHL with the, with the Marlies, I don't know if he's ever probably felt uh, this way at any point since he's first put on skates. No, because I, we know he's always been a dominant minor hockey league player, yeah. dominant with the Oshawa Generals, dominant when he's played world juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to go what he's going through right now, I'm, I'm not sure he's had a lot of experience to fall back on. No. I mean, I, you know, in our wonderful lineup here, I would bet my left leg it hasn't happened that Tavares' point drought has reached six games. Yeah. It's been nearly yep. 15 years, according to Yele, since uh, Tavares has been kept off the score sheet this long. He had a six-game drought since 20, in 2020. He's also been a dash two in four straight games. That's, like, that is crazy. wild. He has yeah. spent a tremendous amount of time in his own zone. Yeah. No, I... And I, again, last for night. For sure. Uh, you know, Bertuzzi, Nylander, Tavares, when they are not playing well, it's a tough watch mm-hmm. in the D zone. You know, circling around, trying to find a guy. They, they can't snuff out a cycle. You know, and we're talking about stops and starts where he's not... Uh, that's the, the feet get heavy. Yeah. I did think he worked... Oh, no, no. It's never an issue. This yeah. guy's a pro. Yeah. Okay? Non-issue. Yeah. He will give you everything Working he has. Working his bag off. There it is. And that's is. actually a clip about Tavares, that clip. Mimi saying that. Who, who, who is that? That's me. Working his bag off. Talking oh, about JT. Yeah. Mm. Oh, actually, yeah. that was on television. And I think it's the only time in my sports night career I got a note from the bosses. I was like, you can't say that. But I've, I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> they said from you can't everybody. say that. And we've just clipped it and ran it. Right through. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> no, one, no one has followed up on it, so apparently we're okay. You can't question his effort. Because, no. like, Brian Lawton, you guys had him on yesterday, and he made a good point. I thought he said it pointed, you know, it was, it was really, really poignant where he talked about, I had no questions that he would reach whatever the ceiling of his potential would be. Because mm-hmm. that's how hard a worker he is. He's got the maturity. It's always been his MO. So that part we can't question. Right. I do, uh, you know, the effectiveness of that line right now, not great. They had some magic earlier in the season, he, Nylander, but we've seen they, you know, at times they've struggled to kind yeah. of mesh, right? Like the chemistry is hit and miss with them. And then Willie himself, yeah, he has two assists last night, but was he at his best? You know, like... It's a great question. How did you think Willie played last night? I saw him pushing a little harder. Okay. Yeah, I did. Uh, but... He made a couple plays, listen, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. we, this is, again, his longest stretch where... Uh, He's gone all season long without looking dominant. Right. Mid. <laughs> so, like, I I would worry probably a lot more about where Tavares is yeah. for the rest of the year or 
hopefully for Leaf fans going into the playoffs than I ever would Willie. Yeah. So the only question is, is will will Tavares come back and be still a, a no doubt second line centerman for the Toronto Maple Leafs, or is he now going to be in a position where Sheldon Keefe has to find ways to protect him, mm-hmm. which could mean moving to the wing a little bit, could mean less defensive zone faceoffs. Obviously, you're going to keep him on the power play, but... Yeah, he killed there where, last year. Where, where is he now in terms of where you think... Is he is he just going through something temporarily? Is he going to get back to what you have known of him yeah. for the majority of his career? One thing I will say is the power play used to, under Spencer Carberry, ran pretty heavy through Marner and into Tavares, right? A lot of looks. Tavares had 38 power play points last year, which was, I think, 6th or 7th in the NHL and was half his point total thereabout. And this year, it's a lot of flank stuff with Matthews and Nylander. But he, like, I've watched Marner on the power play the majority of this year. He doesn't touch the puck. No. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. This guy should be touching it the most. 100% he should on the power play. He's supposed to be your quarterback. He's supposed to yeah, set he the table. Supposed yeah, to be. he's supposed he's to be the, the distributor. The when I see him in front of the net while everybody's trying to do something around him, I'm like... What's wrong with this yeah, you, picture? You want Matthews to get it when it's time to hit it. Mm-hmm. You want Willie to get it when it's time to hit it. You want, you know, those guys to move it yeah. until it gets to your But triggers. I want I want it to go through Marner. Yeah, and, and Tavares is another trigger. You have plenty of guys who will pull the trigger, but, yeah, it should be in his yeah. hands a lot and more. last night was a four-on-three Marner's goal, which mm-hmm. looked great. Willie, what a play. You know? Six-on-five yeah. goal, the late yeah. penalty. They do a good job there. Yeah. Yep. That's where, and yeah. Those guys, that's where they're... I mean, that's where they're lethal. We know that. Yeah. It's when they have time and space and the ability to make decisions, right? Like, so a couple of days 100%. ago, you told us, you know, you, you kind of had evidence from what I've been saying all year is mm-hmm. that they're, they're, they're not a good passing team. So the stat that you came across that made, you know, announced them as the worst passing team in the offensive zone, is that strictly based on the counting the number of touches so, yeah completed passes so completed as, passes. as a percentage of attempted passes okay. to completed passes does your site yeah actually break it down even further with the Toronto Maple Leafs to tell me which line touches the most or which touches the less I, uh, the, I the least don't think because, line but player like I I would believe that even Matthews and Marner this year and whoever's been on their line isn't even the the, the top passing team on their or the line on their team yeah like i would like to see how it truly breaks down yeah on the number of touches and i don't know if that's like i just it. think the second they get the puck they want it to go into the middle for a shot they want to get there right away right well you got a 70 goal score yeah like what like that's what happens it happened with brett hall lines. yeah and it happened with mcgillney and last time i checked they they weren't top teams Except for the year, maybe Brett Hall had eighty-six. The year he had seventy, I, I think they were they weren't a top team. I mean, McDavid the, sixty-five last year. Were they tops in the West? I think I think they were. But to. it's it's not a guarantee. If you got a seventy-goal score, you're gonna you're you're, mm-hmm. you're scoring on a top team. For sure, is my point. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. And you know, spreading that around a little bit would be good, but it's just tough to see on this team where you spread it around two. 
They certainly need Nylander to get back to scoring. No goal since he signed his contract six games ago. And he, you know, him as their sort of second shooting threat as a non-threat right now is is hurting things significantly. All right. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, in for Sammy McKee, Disco Dan Franceschi. Did I say that right? You got it, Kipper. You nailed right. it. If I got your whole family watching, I feel a lot of pressure uh, right now. I don't know if they're all watching. Um, Are you kidding me? I don't know. You just got called up. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm not Franceschi. I don't know what the situation is right now, but we'll see. They're aware. There's a party going on at the Franceschi household Uh, right now. You think Woodbridge is watching? I don't know about that. Repping Woodbridge. I love it. One more thought on Austin Matthews because it's uh, a sound which is kind of incredible that you hear on the road. MVP. Yeah. The chant of MVP. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Legit, not legit. No, I mean, like, if he scores 70 goals, he's going to be on the ballot. You know, he's going to be on everyone's ballot somewhere. But I don't know how many points he is behind uh, Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid, but the consistency in all-around play hasn't been to the level he has been at in previous seasons. He's better than last year, all-around for sure. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I think his hard trophy year, he was a – Elite defensive yeah, player. I voted it. He was on this at my Selkie ballot. Yeah, I, 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 65, 70 goals. And if they trend in the in the spot that they're in, if they sneak into the third spot in the Atlantic or a wild card spot, I, I have him so on the outside looking in on an MVP. I just try to imagine the Leafs without him last night. Yeah. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's impossible yeah. to think that this guy is not their most valuable yeah, guy. And- by miles. 11th right in now. scoring in the NHL right now, Austin Matthews. 54 points. Obviously, the 37 goals leading the league, but that puts him, what, uh, 21 points behind Kucherov, for example? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's 19 behind McKinnon. Yeah. So, I, and I, and those yeah. teams are having, obviously, like in, in Colorado, obviously in particular, yeah. having a much better season. And, so. I mean, he's got, how many assists does he have? Uh, 17. Yeah. And that's probably, that might not be in the top 125. And don't know. Yeah. I if you mean, look at, I'm staring at this list right now. Top 15. <laughs> nobody has fewer than 25 at least. Yeah. And he's got 17. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a part of it for sure. Factors in. Sorry. All right. Uh, blue line for you. Still very challenging. And yeah. like, good on them for finding two points. But nothing happened last night that has changed your mind on the challenges they have on the blue line. And I'll start with you first with with Brody. I mean, he has struggled for a long time right now. Yeah. And the, the thing that I see is Sheldon continually going to him. Like he's the guy he was. Uh, no, I don't think he's going to him because he thinks he's – going to be the guy that he was it's because he has no other choice yeah there are no options there's no depth i mean you're kind of hoping at some point lilligren would emerge last night he tucks one on their own net and then takes a (laughs) spinorama holding the puck penalty so it wasn't his highest focus night you know and and giordano gives you everything he's got but he's not there i mean i love mccabe but, boy, he makes some errors. So, yeah, Kip, is, where else are you going to turn? All right, let's go to uh, Brody on his uh, on where he thinks his game is. I think uh, 
just, you know, sometimes you go through those phases, you know, maybe lack of confidence, you're not getting the bounces, and, uh, you know, you grip the this, this stick a little tight. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just taking a breath and, you know, things are, things are okay and uh, you know, getting back on track. Is there anything in particular you do in those moments or anyone you lean on? Um, no, I think you just, you know, mentally, you know, think about, you know, there's more, more to life than just hockey and it's not the end of the world if, you know, you make a mistake. I know it feels like it at the time, but, uh, you know, you just move on, try to learn from it and, uh, you know, forget about it. I can, I can appreciate that last comment about more to life. He's 100% right. Yeah, uh, just move I on. just don't think I'd want to throw that mm-hmm. one out there. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I am the most work-life balance guy you can find. I believe it's important for everyone. It's true that there's more to life. But and paid $5 million in Toronto to be a great defenseman. We're asking about hockey now. Right, We're not, not asking how it's going with the kids. I, I'm not going to Scotiabank Arena and dropping 600 for two tickets <laughs> yeah. in the lower bowl yeah. to hear there's more to life than hockey. Not asking about the well-roundedness <laughs> of your situation. I'm asking specifically why you can't break a puck out. <laughs> that that was tough. <laughs> I listened to I, that was tough. I, I was like, oh no. And okay. can you imagine what we'd be saying if they lost the game last night? Yeah, and Brody's like, he minus said two, that? And he's like, yeah, there's more to life than hockey. Oh my goodness. I want to hear that when I'm paying. $8 for a beer at Originals on Bayview. <laughs> not not 20 at yep. Scotiabank Arena. I, I have to be the softest audience for a comment like that. Like, I'm the guy who's like, totally. But it's just like, ah, it's just not the time and place. It's just not. And also, I want to say that's the first ever TJ Brody clip ever. Really? On Kippers Clippers. Really? I eh? heard that voice, and that could have been anyone. Yeah, I had to look twice. Yeah. Wow. Is yeah. that Brody? It was Brody. Honestly? That was the most interesting thing from the entire post availability. Yeah, I mean, Just because it's an interesting they thing. They won the game. Everybody else, their, their spirits are high. You know, they're trying to be positive. And he just sounded so down. Yeah. He sounded defeated. Got you a win tell. where you used to play. Like, So, I, I, yeah, that stood out big time. All right. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to welcome in Carter Hutton. One time Toronto Maple Leaf. By, Without by, by a transaction. <laughs> yeah. On paper. <laughs> yeah. So he's done a terrific job on uh, dailyfaceoff.com. We're going to welcome him in after the break. All right, Disco. Easy 30 minutes right there for you, pal. Yeah, we just, we killed that. We yeah, killed we that. Did. We did. Yeah. Worked our way in. Okay, we'll be the judge of that. But, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> More of Disco, JB, and yours truly after the break. Teeing up the biggest games of the night. It's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, wherever you're watching and listening, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet 360, or our Plus channel, YouTube. We're glad you're aboard, and remember, it's Friday Please give us a text at 590-590 for some questions, some thoughts, some comments, and we'll get our boy Disco Dan to read them. All right, let's welcome in Carter Hutton, former NHL goalie and 
Yes, technically a Toronto Maple Leaf, right, <laughs> Carter? It, it was it was short lived, but I was a Maple Leaf traded from the desert up to uh, Toronto. Uh, I kind of came in with uh, Campbell and Morazic were out and uh, never got a chance to suit up, but I was there and got to live the lifestyle. I got the helmet behind me, so uh, <laughs> I made a lot more friends retiring a Maple Leaf. Buddy, come visit us in the alumni room then, right? <laughs> Cash in. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was mentioned to me. I heard free tickets for life, so I'm gonna see if I can <laughs> knock that at some point. Well, we're glad uh you're uh joining us today and uh certainly uh is the first thing you you do as a broadcaster is kind of broadcast from the net on out. We've seen so many goalies turn into broadcasters. Is that a natural feel when you watch games now for yourself? I think so, you know, maybe because I sat on the bench so much and watched a lot of games. And they used to throw the headset on me when I played in Nashville and was playing behind Pekka, Rene. And uh, at the 10-minute timeout, I kind of get interviewed. And, you know, from there, I just kind of fell into it. And now I'm just trying to find my way in it and enjoy it. And it's something I can do, you know, from home with a young family and something I don't have to be on the road. So I've really enjoyed it so far. So what are your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender situation? Are you a Martin Jones guy? Like, is, is it comfortable enough to wait for Joe Wool and go ahead with him? Are you a Samsonov guy? A lot of avenues to choose from here for this Maple Leafs team on what they should do with their goaltending position. You know, right now I got to say that I love what Martin Jones is doing. You know, especially a guy that was kind of counted out, signed as a number three, you know, wasn't really given a chance. And watching him play, he's been great, right? I think he's played above everybody's expectation with a 920 save percentage so far. But from Martin Jones, you know what you're going to get. And this team is legitimately, they want to be a cup contender, right? And being in this situation, it's it's tricky to watch, right? Like Joseph Wall has been great when he's played, but he has a high ankle sprain, which for me is scary. I had two of them. I had one in college. I had another one in the NHL, which was kind of the end of my career. I rehabbed it. And as I came back, I had to get surgery. So I think that's a big question mark for me. Where is he at? And for Samsonov, this has been tough. This has been, uh, I feel for him. Um, even when he gets rolled out to the media and hearing his answers and his lack of confidence is something for me, I used to always internalize. And now you see him out there, it looks so weak. And I think him getting sent down and Martin Jones just coming in and making a capable save, just giving the team some confidence is is important at this case, especially the way this Leafs team has been up and down. Can, can we follow up on the ankle thing? If you got one, go with what, what, what is rehab like? And what, what, how does it limit you and affect your game when you're trying to come back from an ankle injury? So the tricky thing as a goalie, we use our ankle and our post for so much leverage, right? So the biggest thing I would find is after week two, week three, you're in the gym, you're jumping, you're squatting, you're doing all your normal lifts, but then all of a sudden you get in the net and the leverage you have when you're in the butterfly position or you're using your post, it changes the whole game. So I had six to eight weeks after my bad one in Buffalo and I'd get on the ice and I had no power. There was no pain. There was no immediate impact. It was the fact that I had no power. So from there, I ended up seeing somebody in the with the Buffalo Bills because we were owned by both teams. They sent me out to Bob Anderson, who is in Green Bay, who works for the Packers and is the big ankle and foot guy. One look at me right away put me under to do a scope, and I ended up having to get a tightrope installed and reconstructive surgery. And from there, my ankle's been great day to day, but for goaltending, man, did it fall off. I had no movement. I had no ability. And I'm hoping for Joseph Wall that isn't the case, but this is something that is, we just think Joseph Wall's going to rehab and be back ready to go, but ankles as a goalie, it's tricky. And, and the way we play now, you see more and more of these injuries and it's, it's definitely hurts, you know, his potential coming back. And, and it's something that even if he comes back from it, there might be some, you know, delayed effects of it. So I blew out my knee, I don't know, 30 years ago and I could 
tell you, like it happened yesterday, the, yeah. the great detail of it. So when you look at um, and think about your high ankle sprain and, and how it happened, and now I watch Joseph Wall's high ankle sprain that he uh, had in Ottawa, and I, I, I've watched it 10 times, and I can't tell you where it was. It, there was no someone landing on it. contact There was yeah. no twist. There was nothing. Just him going from post to post, I think, and then getting carried off the ice. Is that a bigger concern than just flat out seeing where exactly your high ankle sprain came from? You know, I, I think the way the circumstances are, I think that would be a better fact that there wasn't a heavy impact, right? Because I had one in college, literally, I'm embarrassed to say this on air here, scraping my crease. And I just caught an edge, tweaked it a little bit, and it was, I played the rest of the period. Then all of a sudden, as the period went on, it got worse and worse. And wow. I was toast. But then my second one in Buffalo, we were playing the Rangers and Rasmus Ristolainen, good friend of mine, and had decided to put a guy right on top of me got caught my knee underneath me and the last thing to pop was my ankle which was more of a contact which was a heavier one but same rehab same thing because it's just an injury and they struggle with this in the nfl i learned a lot they invested a lot of money into ankles and the education because they lose a lot of man games because of ankles and similar to goaltending guys are landing on players in the nfl just like goaltending when we're not playing we're not prepared for it right we're in our stance guys are falling on us and there's a lot of pressure with wolves I feel like it's on the better side of it, I would assume, because of the way it went down, very looked very innocent. Yes. But at the same time, very concerning from my standpoint. Wow, that's terrific stuff, Carter. Uh, great great feedback on high ankle sprains. Um, at least fans right now are going, uh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts on, on Samsonov because we would have probably thought that uh, he was going to squeeze another start here soon. I, there's no, there's not a chance they go to Samsonov in Vancouver. So kind of sets them up for, for uh, Seattle uh, on Sunday, but just this reset that they had in the last uh, 14, 15 days for him, which was clearing waivers on paper being sent to the Marlies, but not actually uh, ever playing a game. And in, in your case, would you have ever wanted to start with the Marlies before coming back? Or can you see in today's game a goalie, any goalie, just going into a scenario where it's it's all in my head and I don't need to play another game until I'm back in the NHL? You know, honestly, I, I feel like it's a tough situation, right? So I only had one chance in my career when I was... I hadn't played in a while and I was in Nashville and Brené was on a run. I think that was the year he was up for the Vez and I didn't win it, but... They came to me and they offered me a chance to go play in the American League on a conditioning stint. And Pekka, he had come back the year before from a, a staph infection and came back and went and played in the American League. And he kind of came to me and advised me not to go play. Just because the fact he just thought that there was just too much to lose if I didn't play well, if it didn't go well. And I stuck by my gun. But I also wasn't in a situation when Samsonov was in where he's been playing so bad. It's been a rough go. And for me, it's hard to play yourself out of this situation if you aren't getting games. So for Samsonov, he needs to get in the net at some point, unless this plan is to just, you know, let him try to reset himself over time, which I thought in his last start, he looked better, but still not the guy we saw last year. And for me, there's obviously a reason why Washington let him walk. And you look at this year, Tree Living taking him to arbitration, only giving the one-year deal. You know, there's obviously something they see in this guy that is, you know, not up to par to give him that contract. But my only concern moving forward is, with the Leafs and my experience, my short time with them and other teams is 
there's so many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to off ice, when it comes mm-hmm. to the team, when it comes to strength coach, you know, sports psych coach, all these different elements. This poor guy is living in a bubble where everyone's poking product. I don't think that makes it any easier too, without yeah. playing the game where you can just be by yourself. Yeah, that's fascinating. The idea that like all these people who are there to help you, like it might just be the best thing to just let me go be a hockey player like I've been my whole career. That is a lot of yeah. pressure. You know, looking around the NHL, you know, what are your thoughts on like the lack of kind of true number one guys, the way the workloads are kind of spread out? I, I just think we have a tough time assessing who's good and who's not and who's the 20th best guy and the 40th best guy and the 60th best guy. You know, guys get in 33 games and I just we really struggle to assess it right now. Yeah, it's a tricky, tricky time. And I feel like always it's and it's it's the contracts that you give to a guy that isn't your you know, there's a handful of guys you could say, you know, your Hellebox, your Vasileski. And this point now you you know, guys starting to separate themselves, Ottinger, Allmark, Demko, these guys that have been pretty consistent now for yeah. a few years, where these other middle guys, it's pretty much like, can you get hot for me? Can you yeah. get hot at the right time? And you look at even what Montreal's done this year, holding on to three guys. Like Jake Allen's value's got to be through the roof. Even looking at Detroit, looking the way Alex Lyon has played, where who is going to play well at the right time? You almost need that platoon of guys to see who's going to play. Because if, as an organization, you look at Edmonton, they commit that money to Jack Campbell leaving the Leafs. And now it's like, we're stuck with this deal. He's doing so bad. Stuart Skinner, even last year, I thought Jack Campbell's was a liability playing in that where you need to almost have that extra third depth guy where I think this signing by tree living, having Martin Jones as a depth guy is coming looking like a genius right now. So it's very tricky to find that element. And I think that the difference between like number 20 to number 80 isn't a lot, but the difference in that top 10 guy, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be homegrown, right? It's hard to go find a a franchise goalie in free agency because nobody's given them up. Shesterkin's a franchise type of goalie regarded as the second best behind uh, Vasilevsky over, over the last few years. I think he gave up four and 16 or 17 to Vegas last that night. Happens. That happens. I, it, it does, but it, it does it go to show you that if you, if you just have mediocre goaltending, you don't win no matter who you are anymore. Yeah, I think so. I think good goaltending solves a lot of problems, right? I always used to joke around about that. Like you play in a game or where you give up one extra goal and you lose three, two, but you yeah. play great. Now all of a sudden it's the end of the world where maybe you make that one little extra save and then everything's good. We win. Everybody's happy. So it's a tricky situation, especially being the goalie. So is, you know, you talked about how hard it is to get a number one guy. The only guy you hear out there right now is Saros as kind of a guy who's been a number one Vesna level guy who's available, you know, the rumors I think I read today were like two first rounders wouldn't get it done or, you know, big asks. How comfortable would you feel trading for a guy like that? Kind of, as you mentioned, one to 10 is really, really good and tough to get into, but you just, you can't be sure what you're getting. I feel like it depends on where you're at in that situation, right? If it's one of those things where we have to win now and, you know, you need to get that guy. Or I look at a team like New Jersey, who's had struggles in net, where you have younger goalies trying, and there's no veteran presence, where maybe if you're investing in a guy like Soros, where you think over the next few years, he gives you a chance to win. Or if a team like Calgary is going to move on Markstrom, someone who has term. But right now, again, you're committed to, at least you know what you're getting with a Soros, where sometimes it's almost having that, you know, the James Reimer, Martin Jones, Alex Lyon, these guys that have come out to establish themselves in a better price range, you know, where do you find that fit and who's going to get hot at the right time, which is always the, I guess, the the good thing about goaltending, which I think I kind of fell into that category when I played. It was 
consistently I was never in that elite class, but when I got hot, I could keep games rolling and you just got to get right going at the right time. We're seeing a, what we thought was a very good hockey club in the LA Kings and Cam Talbot, if I'm not mistaken, is the all-star, uh, one of the all-star goalies uh, in what uh, uh, next few weeks in, uh, in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but is that a team for you, Carter, that needs maybe a Soros? You know, something to push them over the top. Like, I love Cam Talbot just because, you know, similar guy came up with them. But, again, this team needs a little bit more. I think if they're going to make a serious run, especially in that Pacific division, there is just too many heavyweights, and it's going to be an absolute dogfight, I feel like, in the West. And, again, another team for me that I get concerned about in that pitcher would be Colorado, right? Georgiev, they they came out the other day, the GM, just about managing his minutes, right, where... Mm -hmm. They want to keep it down, but if we don't have a backup or a solid guy to go to, where's it going to be? So I think L.A. could be that team, but my thing is you just made that move last year to get Corpus Allo, right, as a rental, and now you're going to go out and get Soros. At least he has some term, but it definitely gives them a chance, but that West Division is going to be tough to run through. It is interesting to me that, like, Corpus Allo can't make a save, and Columbus goes to L.A., and he's an awesome goalie. Talbot struggles the year before, goes to L.A., and he's a really good goalie. Like, how much does structure help a goalie, you know, increase their save percentage? Well, did you pull out my numbers from when I went from St. Louis to Buffalo? <laughs> no, I haven't. Right? I, sometime, well, I, le- I led the league in stats, right? Goals against save percentage playing for St. Louis Blues. The next year, they win the Stanley Cup. And not to take anything away from Jordan Biddington, but... Right. It was kind of a plug-and-play at that point. We had a veteran team. We had the big defensemen. Very predictable hockey. I go to Buffalo where my first year I thought I played fairly well at the times. You know, we struggled. We had a lot of issues. It wasn't just me. But I felt like the game became less more predictable. And I almost tried to do more with my game instead of letting the game come to me because of the Mm -hmm. unpredictableness of our play. So I think you always rely on structure and you look at the teams that are consistently good. And those are the teams that play from the back end out that have the demon. Even look at Vegas last year. I know Aiden Hill was unbelievable, but like Brassat was really good for them. Thompson was an all-star. You know, is that a product of the surroundings? You look at their back end and I believe that structure and good defense is what's going to get you over the hump. Yeah. Carter, terrific stuff, man. Uh, what's with you goalies? Like we got Valley with the Rangers and uh, Mike McKenna. Like all good. you guys were know. way more intelligent uh, than I thought, bud. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we had you fooled, eh? So that's, I don't <laughs> I know. Were... I, w- I wasn't an athlete, so I became a goalie, but I can talk. That's right. <laughs> really thought you guys were nothing but targets. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific stuff. Carter, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, keep up the great work on uh, dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Carter. He's good. Really good. The ankle stuff. Yes. Really concerning. Really concerning. (laughs) Well, just the the mere fact that he came back from one and then had to have some sort of procedure. Yeah. To correct it eventually. God, I forget the word he used. There's not anybody. Some sort of line. Something. Yeah, there's something put in. Like if, if he, if, Joseph Walt broke something. He'd be. He would have been back by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, you know, uh, here you go, Martin Jones. Martin Jones, keep uh, keep playing well. Do we have uh, Do we have a clip from Elliot Freeman from Thirty Two Thoughts on uh, the goalie market or the, the the Leafs looking for one? Maybe. So the teams that are looking for goalies are New Jersey, Carolina. Um, LA, LA, Colorado, Colorado, 
possibly Edmonton. Toronto-wise, I heard the problem for Toronto was they wanted to trade like a sixth-round pick or something yeah. for a goalie that could help them while Samsonov was down. No chance. They couldn't get anything. They, they just... They couldn't even get traction. They didn't like anything that was out there. Mm-hmm. And people wanted more than that, and they were like, we're not doing it. A six-rounder? Throw in a box of donuts <laughs> or something with a six-rounder. Uh, it's like going into Harry Rosen with ten bucks and be like, I can't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This is ridiculous. You can't get cashmere <laughs> yeah. with a six-rounder? No, no Chris Marino wool sweater? <laughs> Nothing? Do you like think when, that Elliot, was, when, when yeah. somebody tells them that... Yeah, like just does being, Elliot laugh at them? You thought you could get what for what now? No, because he has to preserve that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll I'll throw that one out there for you. Yeah, we uh, we need uh, Yale to give us a read before yes. we take a break here. Yes, we got some uh, giveaways for All Star Weekend. You guys have obviously been doing it here on the show, but we got more. Yes, so make sure you're locked and loaded right now. Get ready to text in today's keyword. But from February first through the third. All the top stars around the NHL are coming to Toronto for All-Star Weekend, and we'll be giving away tickets to different events and episodes here on Kipper and Bourne from today through January the 26th. Today, we have tickets for the NHL All-Star Skills Competition featuring 12 All-Stars competing in a series of challenges like the Rogers Hardest Shot for a chance to take home a million dollars. To enter for your chance to win, text in today's code word, Hardest shot, hardest shot to 590-590. And, of course, we have another code word coming at you on Monday's edition of the show. Do we know who the 12 guys are yet that are in the events or in the skills? Connor and Austin. That's it, yeah. You'd assume they put Willie Nylander in there being a Toronto host or Marner. You got to think it's kind of... Lean towards yeah, the hometown it, it, guys. You would think all those guys would be in it all the time. Uh, Drysidel, uh, Leon is in it. Vancouver so, boys, they yeah. got thirty-two guys in the game. I wonder. The only thing I wonder is we're going to hear some guys with injuries bail at all. Yeah. I hope that's not, not for the case bucks. here. Anyways, hey, Disco, great job. Thank you. We still got another hour to go on the real Franceschi and Bourne show <laughs> after the break. Ian McIntyre to talk about Rutherford.